Um, sorry about that. I do apologize. Seems to be having a lot of difficulties tonight. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, so he's moving from that assumption directly that that is the that that is how we know that the world is uh, how the Torah is true. Okay. Let's be. Let's so let's start with that. The fourth the fourth letter is going to discuss men. Men as meaning what is mankind's mission and objective here in this world, and uh, uh, how how are we to fulfill that. Man, what is he in this God-filled world, among this throng of God's creatures and this chorus of God's servants? So in the last chapter, he stated, um, he gave us a lot to think about by simply observing the realities that is, that is Hashem and that is the wonders of Hashem's world. So where does man fit in in all of this? Even if the Torah was silent on this point, would not the very sight of creation reveal it to you, your own conscience, Tell it to you. Is not man too a divine creation? Should he not also be enlisted in his service? The assumption he being here that if Hashem created God, created the world, and it's a an act of kindness, that which he created the world is an act of kindness, and that kindness is deserving of repayment. Uh, your body, every fiber was formed by him, arranged by him, endowed by him with strength. Your mind, a veritable universe of forces, is God's creation in every detail. Your personality, this divine spark, invisible like God, weaving and working in this little universe, controlling body and mind, and possessing the power to make the use of the entire world for its purposes, is itself an emanation of deity. Now, the, that, that's, that is that's Hirsch's way of expressing what we talk about, um, that a person is, is simply a manifestation of what God is. <clears throat> I said in the, in the Parsha share this past week, um, we, we learned a, a fascinating insight um, that, will, that if you keep it in the back of your mind through this, this whole uh, piece on her, from, from Rav Hirsch, I think it adds a certain dimension to it, a certain depth to it. That is that every human being exists as a, cre- as a creation in a place where something is lacking. In other words, the purpose of, of, of a creative, creative being who has the power to do things can only be or can only manifest in a place where there is something lacking. Then that being has a purpose to fulfill that which is lacking in that place. If, if the place in which that being exists with all of its creative power is complete and perfect the way it is and leaves no space for him to do anything, then that would just be a source of complete frustration. So the world as we see it, as imperfect as it may seem, meaning the imperfections or the wrinkles that we, each one of us experiences and everybody experiences them differently, is it, are in and of themselves the place or the reality, the paradigm within which I can function so that I can actually make a difference. A simple marshal, a simple parable to bring bring out the point. If I am a person who is extremely physically capable, very strong, very, very, very has an ability to lift very heavy weights, then I'm going to look to find things that are physically out of place and move them into place. That would be a utilization of my energies, of my uh, and um, to the talents with which I'm endowed, so that I can make a difference in 
the, the world in the paradigm in which I exist. So and so too with every person on to a finer scale and to a more and more accurate, a more and more accurate placement, is each person has to find in his war in his or her world the things that are lacking and fill in those those things, fill in that space, fill fill that in so that it makes the space complete. That I would say is the 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 Kamimal is that Hashem. The world, when we say Hashem is Hashem is Makom, Hashem is space. He's the space of the world, meaning He He is the manif- the place in which the world gets to be manifest. And He in His world, that all is perfect. But in each of our individual worlds, as we experience it, it's missing some small thing, which is the unique uh, characteristic of the human being. That our service of Hashem is to be like Hashem, just like Hashem created a world that was complete and full. We too have that idea or that that uh, that ability to affect the microcosm within which we each one of us exists, so that we can make that whole. Let's. I think you'll see that if you keep that in, your, in the back of your mind, I believe you'll see this as as uh, giving you a, a sort of a perspective on what he's trying to say here about the unique ability of a human being. Learn to respect your sanctity as a creature of God, and in the sight of heaven and earth. And the entire host of divine servants call yourself in joyous solemnity by the name that expresses and consecrates your mission, a servant of God. We are an Eved Hashem. We are we are we are we are there to serve the Rebbeinu To meaning serving the Rebbeinu means to serve the Master of the Universe. To serve the One who is all perfect means to bring the world to express itself perfectly. That would be the ultimate service of Hashem. Since everything small or large constitutes a God-given force meant to function purposefully by given means in its appointed place, in its assigned environment, and in compliance with his laws, taking only in order to give, that's what every, every creature that exists takes or absorbs the life force that it's given in order to give back praise, so to speak, or to manifest the greatness of Hashem, so in in essence, in order to give back from itself, could it be that man alone is excluded from the circle of life, that he lives a life that is completely self-absorbed, that's only about himself and doesn't give back anything, Um, is born only to, to take, to indulge, or to endure, but not to function productively? It doesn't make sense. Why would we be different than the rest of the world? Not to fill a post, but to be his own be-all and end-all? <clears throat> is it conceivable that everything is to be of service in the world, of service to God, and only man is to be self-serving throughout? No, surely not. Your own inner awareness tells you, and the Torah states, that man's purpose is to be Tzalem Elkim. Man's purpose is to be what he calls a likeness of God. Now, what a likeness of God exactly means is obviously subject to huge discussions. Obviously, we don't mean a likeness of God in the sense that of a material, physical um, um, existence, which is which is uh, which is um, finite in, in its in its uh, boundaries and in its parameters. We're talking about an infinite God who is an infinite being, God who is infinite. So, in what way are we in the likeness of that God? So, this is an idea that we've talked about several times in different contexts. But the concept of Tzalem al-Kim means this. Tzalem, the word Tzalem, the Nefesh HaChaim, Rav Chaim Velazhen says in his work, Nef, writes, means B'Tzad Ma Dome, in some way similar. Tzalem means, the word Tzalem 
can be see lung like a, a photograph of an, a, 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 a reflected image, or it can be a, an outline or a skeleton. That's, those are, those are, those are the, the, the concepts. In other words, there is, there is a likeness to what God is. Now, what's Elohim? Elohim comes from the word, comes from the Hebrew word El, which means power. And Elohim, the way it's translated in the, in the, in the sources, is, is, is it's, it's translated as Elohim is 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 uh, is um, Baal Hakochos Kulam, the one who is the master of all energies or the source of all energies. So, the source of all energies means this: if I take, if I'm a carpenter and I build a table, right? So I'm an artisan. I'm an artist. I'm a I'm a craftsman, I make something, that object now exists independent of me, right? But if I am the one that infuses the energy that allows for that object to exist, that means that that Akash Baruch Hu is still connected to whatever it is that he created. In other words, the way it's stated in, in the sources in the, in the Svarim is that Akash Baruch Hu b'chol rega v'rega in every instant, at every moment, is recreating the world. The world is coming into existence and re-coming into It's not that Hashem created a world, so now it's here, and then he left and he went away, you know, watchmaker theory style. Hashem wound up the world, and now the world is functioning and with all of its different gears and it's all of its different elements and it all functions together. No, we believe that Hashem is intimately involved in the sustaining, continuous sustaining of what the world is. That means that at every moment it's recreated. The, the, the proof that Rav brings to this idea, it says, the Pasuk states in Isaiah, right? right? Hashem is creating. It doesn't say it doesn't say it in the pan sense. It doesn't say, he formed the light. It says, he is forming the light. Meaning it is in the, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect, constant, present reality that Hashem is continuously spreading and, and making the world happen. So Elohim means, Baal means to be the source of all energy, which means to sustain life, to recreate life at every instant. To be B'Tselem Elohim, to be somewhat in the likeness of God, means to have some element of, by which, in some shadowy outline there, like the word Tselem comes from the same word as, as the same Shosh, as Tsel, a shadow. Just like a shadow is a two-dimensional two reflection of a three-dimensional object, so it's not completely what that object is, but it, but it actually reflects it. So we too are expected or, or demanded of us that part of what we're doing in this world is sustaining the world in the same way that Hashem sustains the world. We, the, the, the Nefesh Chaim says, Hirsch doesn't say this, go quite this far over here, but what Nefesh Chaim said is, is that in, in a certain way, we give the Rebbe Hashem koach. We, we, we we add strength to the Russian by creating a bond, the spiritual bonds, by opening this, the, the, the lines for the flow of spiritual energy into the world through our actions. We essentially make it that he has a greater ability for sustaining the world. That, let's go back to Hirsch's way of understanding this right now for, for the time being. That's at least from Chaim Velashans, but at least it gives us a perspective to put, put this into. You are to be more than everything else. We as human beings are uniquely situated or uniquely created to be more than what other things are that simply reflect back praise to Hashem. You are to exist for everything else. The existence of we, we are here to sustain the entire world. You, as a human being, an intellect, a human being with an intellect and a capability, can know God only through his act of love and justice, 
we uh, again, as we as he mentioned in the previous chapter, there's an idea that we're going to try to come to know Hashem, but uh, to know Hashem is impossible. We are finite beings. Any 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 possible knowing of the Rebbeinu is going to be by definition flawed because we're finite and He is infinite. So what can we know about what can we know about Him? How He manifests in the world, which is through His acts of love and justice that that everything functions through. And in turn, you too are called upon to act with justice and love. We, too, we also have to manifest the same qualities, not merely to indulge or endure, not simply to take from this world or to pass through this world in, in a passive fashion. Everything bestowed upon you, mind, body, fellow man, material goods, other creatures, every talent and every power are all merely means to actions. They're means to, to, to bring us to do what we're supposed to do, but as it states, that man was created, was not yet created, to further and to safeguard everything. How? With love and with justice. The earth was not created as a gift to you. You've been given to the earth. We are here as the guardians of the universe. We are here as those that can manifest or allow the world to function on its highest possible plane. Now, again, not I don't believe that that, I don't think it precludes the concepts of environmentalism and utilizing resources properly and making the best out of out of this world. But I think I think it's talking about bringing it to its to bringing it to fruition or to its potential on a much higher plane. Um, you've been given to the earth to treat it with respectful consideration as Hashem's earth and everything on it as Hashem's creation as your fellow creature to be respected, love, and help to attain its purpose according to Hashem's will. And again, that, that's going to be the, the key to defining what it is that we're supposed to be doing, is to find what is Hashem's will that should happen with all of this. To this end, your mind is able to form the right image of all that exists. To this end, your heartstrings vibrate sympathetically with every cry of distress. The midos that we feel, the inner, uh, the inner drives or the inner emotions that automatically, that naturally come out are the, way, are the way in which Hashem manifests in the world through us, sounding anywhere in creation with every glad sound uttered by a joyful creature. To this end, you are happy when the flower blossoms and sad when it wilts. We see the world as an outward manifesta manifestation of all of Hashem's will, the law to which all forces submit instinctively and involuntarily. To this law, you too are to subordinate yourself. That there's a higher power, that there's a purpose for the world, that there's there's something that that there's consideration, but consciously uh, and of your own free will. We don't just do it just naturally that that's the way it has to be, but we actually choose it consciously and freely. This is man's eminent vocation, his highest privilege, that we get to manifest, to choose what it is that we want to do. I think again, if you go back to the to the idea that I was that I that I started off with, if we are to find the place in which we see or we, to us that we perceive there to be a lack, and bring our energies to bear to fulfill that lacking, to change that 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 place where something is missing, to fill it in, that's us manifesting Hashem's showing that Hashem nothing is missing in Hashem's world. All forces are arranged in service around Hashem's throne. Their standing is concealed from them and their countenance is covered so that they do not see the purpose of their mission. 
they, they sense only the impetus of, to action, and they act in accordance with their assigned task. I believe what he's referring to over here <coughs> is the concept that we find that there are there is such a thing as malachim. Malachim, the simple, the, the, the poor and, 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 uh, and um, uh, distracting translation of that in English are angels. But that, that's, a, that's a very poor translation because angel just all that gives a, just gives a, off a sort of a thought of something that's perfect, maybe shiny with maybe a halo around it, but it, do, it doesn't tell us and doesn't tell us anything about what they are. What are malachim? The word malachim is used in other places in the Torah to mean messengers. Messengers that have a specific messengers means somebody who has a specific job, a specific message that they have to carry out. In fact, Chazal tells us that a malach, that a celestial being, that these creatures that are messages can only do one thing at a time. They can only focus on one task that's immediately given to them, and that becomes their whole existence. That task is what they are, and therefore they can only do one thing, one thing. They can't do more than one thing. <coughs> this is what he's referring to as those that don't have free choice, those that don't see the places where things are lacking and place to fill anything in, but rather are defined or given specific missions that they have to accomplish. But you, man, your countenance is half uncovered. Your place is in part revealed to you. You are able to regard and consecrate yourself as a servant of God. We're given the possibility, essentially, what does it mean? You're, 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 you are half uncovered. That means Half on, with half of us, we see the Rebbe we see the absolute truth, we see absolute goodness, and with the other half of us, something's covered over so that we are unable to see or that we're able to, in a certain sense, fool ourselves. We're unable to see something that's not accurate. The way the Torah says it is, Behold, Hashem says, when He breaks the covenant with the Jewish people towards the end of Sefer Devarim, the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Hashem says, Behold, I have placed in front of you a Sachayim, a Satov, a Samovis, a Sarah. Hakarish Rokha says, I've given you good life and goodness, death and what is evil. That means Ra is, is equated with lack of existence. It's, it's, it's not there. If Hashem is all good, and everything that emanates from Hashem is only good, then that means that when we look to something that is not good, we're looking towards something that is nothing. And somehow we have a capability of identifying with that nothingness, which then places in front of us that struggle that we call free will. We said places in front of us that ability to either accomplish or not accomplish in the world. We have, it, we have in a sense, we are in a sense half uncovered. We have a partial view of what it is that we want to accomplish in the world, and partially we allow ourselves to we allow ourselves to to see things that are that are not there, or we allow we are covered over from the revelation that sh that should drive us forward. Your place is in part revealed to you. you are able to regard and consecrate yourself as a servant of God. You have the possibility of what we call dvekos, of connecting yourself to God, consecrating yourself to pull yourself in line, align yourself with the Rebbe Shaman, with His mission, so to speak, or with His mission of creating the world. You are able to infuse the world with spiritual with, with a spiritual flow of energy that maintains its existence. You're able to gain an inkling of your mission as God has attuned your ear to perceive it. You have a possibility of, a, of looking around you and seeing what's lacking and finding within you the kochos, the energies that can, that can fill that lacking. Surrounded by Hashem's servants, servants busily at work and sensing in yourself too the impetus to act, 
Would you not join their chorus with joyful cry of allegiance of Nasev and Nishma, let us, we will do and therefore we will listen, but do knowing that we have to throw ourselves into that connection in order to bring the world to, to, to what it's supposed to be, um, uh, will act and in a carrying out the mission will try to comprehend its intent consciously and freely, thus to be first and preeminent in, in this legion of Hashem's servants. That's ultimately what we have the ability to do of being those that act without necessarily, without the full understanding of what's necessary to be, to be accomplished. We, we, are, we know that we have to act upon it first. Our purpose in life, therefore, is not the acquisition of possessions. We're not looking to build up ourselves. We're not looking to, to manifest the material as the predominant element of this world. We should not measure our achievement in life by the volume of outer or inner treasures that we accumulate. Nothing that we accumulate for ourselves is ultimately going to be significant. Ultimately, what's only the only things that are going to be significant are those things that build a connection with a higher power that, that transcend ourselves. Our life mission is concerned with what we become, what we make of ourselves, and what we give, not what we get. How do we make this world a place that is a greater manifestation of Hashem's presence? We should measure our attainments by the extent to which we fulfill God's will, with the help of our outer and inner acquisitions. Yes, we need possessions. Yes, we need abilities. We need those in order to be able to accomplish anything. But what do we use them for? Do we use them to further ourselves, our own finite material being, or to 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 attend to and and ultimately build something that's bigger than ourselves, something that will go on even when we're not we're no longer here. Um, um, utilizing every single one, small or large, for truly human deeds of divine service. Our endeavors to acquire inner and outer possessions have value only because they provide us with the means to perform such deeds that allow us to do those things that open up the, the flow, open the, open the faucet, if you will, turn the spigot that allows the spiritual energy to flow into this world. From the slightest mental faculty and the nerve ganglia which serve it, to the strength of your hand with which you are able to bring about changes in creation, and to which the entire realm of nature and every being within your reach are subject, because human beings ultimately can dominate the world, all your capabilities are but tools lent to you. That's, that is what Hashem gave you. Hashem put you into this world. He put you into your makam, into your space, into your unique space where you would be able to find something that was lacking and to add to it so that that is no longer there, which one day we will appear before the throne of Hashem as witnesses for or against you. You will find that that world that you are in will talk, will talk about whether or not you completed the mission of creating shlemas of, of, of bringing about perfection, testifying whether you neglected, whether you neglected them or used them well whether you wrought blessing with them or curse, everything that you utilize in this world, did you use it to fill a void to make the, the world around you better? Or did you use it for your own purposes? Accordingly, there is an outer, universally applicable criterion by which to judge man's deeds. <clears throat> we can look and try to figure out what it is that a person is supposed to accomplish in the world, whether or not they correspond to the will of God. Ultimately, you'll know that they're the right thing to do if they express Hashem's presence, they express the reality of Hashem's desire to be here, they open up a pathway to greater spiritual attainment. And there is an inner criterion by which to judge a man's greatness, which differs from case to case. 
There's also a subjective reality of what it is that I am, I am supposed to accomplish because nobody can know what it is that in my world, in my space was lacking and what, what energies and what efforts and what talents I had in order to be able to counteract that opening in order to fill, to fill that up. So that will be subject to every single person. In other words, each person has an individual mission in the world based uniquely upon what his, what his abilities are. And only he can know whether or not he utilized his abilities to, the great, to, the, to their greatest possible, to their greatest potential that he was, that was possible for him. Not the sum total of his achievements. You can't look at every person and say, oh, did he write so many books? Did he study so much Torah? Did he interact with so many poor people and build so many houses for the poor? Did he make, what, what difference did that person make in a in a in an objective sense uh, to to the world, that is not the measure. That's that is not the measure that is objective. The only objective measure is: Did he do the right thing? Did he follow the right path? How far that took him, quantitative qu- quantitatively, how much was was actually accomplished? That's not for us to know because we never know what the energies and what the challenges and what the obstacles were for each and each individual. We can never judge another person based on that. All we can judge, the only thing that we can judge objectively is what, what, what goodness or what manifestation, what form did these actions take? Um, so the sum to the, so and there's the inner criteria which, which to judge a man's greatness, which differs from case to case, not the sum total of his achievements, and the amount of resources with which he has been endowed, but whether he has used them to the best of his ability. Did that person work as hard as he possibly could to do God's will? It follows that in spite of one's best intentions, his life may be an utter failure if his actions were not the right ones. Even if a person intended to do the right thing, if he didn't follow the right path, no matter how much he actually accomplished, whether he, whether he earned a Nobel Prize, but if in, in, in actual fact he had the potential to do things on a, on, a, on a grander scale from a spiritual perspective, then the fact that he materially or by the, stand, by the, by the uh, subjective standards that we impose on the world around us, <clears throat> he was a success, he may not have been a success at all. And I guess this goes specifically to, to, to um, um, a person's ability to gather wealth around himself or to gather power to, him, to himself we may look at that as being the ultimate of successes, but that may not necessarily be true. Um, on the other hand, if a man abided by God's law, his life may be sublimely great, even though showing only minor accomplishments. We may only see very small things from such a person. It may, it may express itself outwardly in a very minor way. but And yet, if he has brought himself, he's aligned himself correctly with what is the manifestation of Hashem in the world, that's a whole different world. If the means allotted to him did not permit to, did not permit major ones, if he was not given the talent to be an orator and a person that influences other people and a person that that, that it, it it doesn't make a difference. He did utilize his kochos, he utilized his energies for what was best, what was the maximum that he was able to. Then he's accomplished everything that was necessary to accomplish in the world. Thus, happiness and perfection consist of using all one's outer and inner possessions in the fullest measure according to God's will, which alone is what makes man great. What makes man great is, am I a manifestation of God's will in this world? Am I doing 
But do I do I question every step of the way, every time I do something is, what is it that God wants from you? Am I doing what Hashem wants me to be doing? If I'm doing what Hashem wants me to be doing, it, doesn't, it wants me to be doing, it doesn't matter whether or not 100 people listen to my lectures or if one person listens to my lectures. It doesn't matter if I wrote uh, 10 books or if I only wrote one paper. It doesn't matter if I never wrote anything at all. It doesn't matter if I never had any influence on anybody. It didn't change anybody else. If I utilize my kochos to doing exactly what it is that Hashem wants me to be doing in the world, then I've, then I've been successful. The angel in charge of man's coming into existence, says one of our sages, takes the seed, which is developed into a human being, and brings it before the Holy One. Before a person is born, the Gemara said, the, the Talmud says it, before, 40 days before the child is to be formed, it go, they, they go in front of, a, in front of the Kisa HaKavod, they go in front of the, of, the, of, of the glorious throne of Hashem, and they say like this, <clears throat> All right, bring it before the Holy One whose will all beings serve and asks, this seed, what shall come of it in life? Shall the human being growing from it be strong or weak, wise or simple, rich or poor? And all of that's decided before you're born. It was decided whether or not you would have money. It was decided whether or not you would be powerful. It was decided whether or not you'd be smart. It was de- all of these things were decided, but he does not ask whether it shall be good or bad. But the one thing that's not decided is, Will he be a good person or a bad person? That is not asked. But everything depends upon Hashem. Everything For everything that happens in the world and how it happens in the world is only happening because that's what Hashem wanted to happen. So the fact that I made a million dollars on that deal or I lost a million dollars on that deal has nothing to do with how smart I am, how timely my investment was, how exacting my research was in terms of f- figuring it out. If Hashem wants me to have the money, I'm going to have the money. If Hashem wants me to be successful at what I'm doing, I'm going to be successful. It's not in my hands. We don't control that. We only control one thing. What is it? The only says the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Hakolidei Does not ask whether there should be good or bad. For everything depends upon Hashem, except for the fear of Hashem, except for the reality, the awareness of Hashem's presence in the world, and that being the driving force of how I behave and the things that I do. That is up to me how much awareness I have. Except the faithful fulfillment of one's duty with the means granted to him." Every person has within it, with everything else that, that's going to happen, all, the, all the, the consequences of our actions were all predetermined from Hashem. Thus, let us not judge man by all those things that are not really in his hands. So how do you decide that this person is a great person because he's a genius? What did he do to become a genius? What did he do to become smart? Now, it's true. Some people put in a lot of effort in order to, be, to become scholarly. Some people put in a lot of effort in order to learn a lot of material. But whether or not he had the ability to rem- remember all of that or not remember all that, whether or not he had the capability to sit or not to sit, as we now know, right, there are some people that have different, whatever we want to call their afflictions, ADD, ADHD, whatever, uh, whatever, whatever it is that, that you want to call it that, that limits their ability to be able to do certain things. It's not up to us. We, we didn't decide that. We don't have control over that. The only thing we have control over is whether or not we, we put in the effort to do the right thing. And granted, once we start doing the right thing, it puts us in a plane, it puts us on a pathway so that everything around us changes and everything around us becomes is impacted and changed by that. So we shouldn't be admiring people the things that they didn't do, the things that they never earned. It's just like uh, people have know greater respect for an entrepreneur than they do for somebody who inherited his wealth somebody born with the with the um 
with the uh, with the silver spoon. So we're, you know we, we're we're a little bit cynical about his about his opportunities in life. Whereas opposed to the person who is the self-made man, we're saying over here there is no such thing as a self-made man. It's all done by Hashem. Let us not judge men by all those things that are not really in his hands, but rather by that which Hashem put entirely in his control and which therefore can alone constitute his greatness. That's what can ultimately be the measure of a person, which is his fear of Hashem. How much does he recognize that Hashem is there in his world? How much does he recognize that Hashem governs every aspect of the world? How much does he drive himself to bring himself closer to be a manifestation of what it is that Hashem wants in this world? That's what a person is ultimately striving for. Thus comprehended, the purpose of man can be attained by anyone at any time with his individual measure of strength and means. Every person, regardless of what their circumstances are, has the capability to come to this recognition. Whoever in his lifetime fulfilled the will of Hashem towards the creatures brought into his orbit, wronging none, assisting each one to the best of ability to reach the goal that Hashem intended for it, he was truly a man. He expressed justice and love in his life. His entire life, all of himself, his thoughts, feelings, speech and action, even his business transactions and personal enjoyments represented service of Hashem. Such a life transcends all vicissitudes. It doesn't, everything that happens to a person, a person does, he's not held back by those things that, that, that seem to block other people and, and take other people by surprise and, and do things to emotionally or, or mentally cripple a person, whether in luxury or privation, abundance or want, whether with tears of joy or of sorrow, such a human personality, unchanging, almost like God, sees in every new blessing as in every loss, merely another challenge to tackle anew the same unchanging task. My task, my job is to manifest spiritual potential in the physical dimension. My job is to bring Hashem's presence here into the world. That's what I'm here for. That's ultimately what I have to accomplish. All right, we're, we're a little short of the end of the letter. I apologize. It's mostly because I was late today. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll go over our list a little bit again next week, and uh, we'll continue, hopefully, through to the next letter. Thank you very much for coming. Again, I apologize for not being here on time. Thank you. Thank you. you.